Father, in the name of Jesus, we, we come before you this morning thanking you for another day, another opportunity to gather in your name. And Lord, I pray, Lord, for this, your people, God, as we come to hear your word. We thank you, Lord, for the time that we're able to have in worship and magnifying and lifting up your name. We thank you for our young people, Lord, as they grab hold of their faith. Lord, and walk it out. I thank you, Lord, for every individual, God, that you brought in here on this morning. And Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, every heart is open, every, every ear is open, Lord, and we arrest the flesh right now. We lay aside every distraction. Lord, that we may give ear, hallelujah, to your spirit. Lord, I, I, I surrender myself this morning. Hallelujah, you can have free will and free course through me. Lord, to your glory. We thank you for living faith. We thank you for what it is you're doing. And Lord, where it is you're taking us. Lord, the people that you're, you're, you're sharpening and you're honing us to be. Lord, in the earth, in our community, Lord, in the things that you want to do. Lord, through each one of us on our jobs, Lord, and in our neighborhoods, Lord. It's, it's bigger than just this building. So we thank you right now. So help us to, to grab hold of your word. Help us to walk in. Help us to... See ourselves when we look in the mirror, God. And Lord, see ourselves through your eyes. To know, hallelujah, your heart. And to walk in your ways. Lord, we thank you right now. We praise you. We magnify you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You can be seated. Amen. Extremely blessed on last week as, as Pastor Linda brought forth the message. Amen. Being worshipers. Amen. And truly, you know, this is something that, you know, as we look at this message, it's something that we can all take something from. Amen. In various parts of our lives. Amen. This means, you know, in the ups and the downs, in the good and the bad, amen, we need to be able to be worshipers. Amen. 
worship him no matter what's going on, amen. Every time we, 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 we find ourselves in the midst of a situation or a circumstance, I remember a while ago, amen, uh, about a message, here I am to worship. Amen. And you're right there in that place, in that situation or that circumstance, and it's an opportunity, amen, to worship him, but not just with our lips. But it's an opportunity to worship him with our actions. Amen. To worship him with our choices and our decisions. Those are all acts of worship. Amen. And see, I, because I worship you, I don't commit sin. Because I worship you with all my heart, all my body, all my mind, all my soul. Because I worship you. I worship you for who you are and what you've done. So I don't, I don't go to those places and do those things no more. Amen. And God is still looking. It just says in John, the fourth chapter, amen. He's still looking for those, you know, that will worship him, amen. He's seeking, as it says, such that will worship him in the 24th verse in spirit and in truth, amen. So we, we got to come to him in a spirit of worship, amen. And then once we're there, render unto him true worship. Not false worship, amen, but true worship. So I, I thank God for that message, amen. It really blessed me. How about you? Amen. How many of us think about being worshipers throughout the week? Amen. Worshipers, Not just, and worship music is good, amen. Kind of set the tone, but that's just like putting the key in the ignition. We've got the rest of the car to be dealing with. Amen. So the music, worship music is just the key, but... The rest of it we got to employ as well, amen, to worship God. So, so let's work on being true worshipers of God in spirit and in truth. You know, that's where, you know, what God is doing, amen, I'm on a journey. I just realized, you know, I was thinking last night as I was working on some of my notes. That I'm, I'm on a journey, amen, with God right now. Amen, and things that he's doing, amen, and, and showing me, amen. Do my own personal study time, amen, and, and you know, just looking at things so, so differently now, amen, and the clarity, amen, that, that is being allowed to come in my spirit, amen, as I, I read and I, you know, I, I research and I study and I, I listen to as Apostle Thompson, amen, and I'm looking at things, you know, and studying, you know, with other apostles that are have written or, or other writers who are, are dealing with the apostolic or apostolic authority. And I'm beginning to see things in a way that I've never seen them before. And, and it's kind of like, you know, you're, 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 the, the church, and, and this includes me, it's kind of like we've been in a, you know, a little peep show looking at the kingdom. You know. But it's going from the little peep show to, you know, going to a drive-in theater. And seeing the big picture, the big perspective of what God is saying and God is doing. And I tell you what, it can be mind-blowing at times. But wow, that's what you're doing. That's where this piece is. That's how it's supposed to really be. And it's not, and it's not that we've missed it all together, but I'm praying that by the time we, we examine the word today, that every single one of you, even our children, amen, as they pay attention, will have a, a, a bigger perspective, a, a bigger view of, of what it is that God is doing. Amen. And or what it is that we, that means you, are a part of. Amen. As we come into the kingdom and we give our lives to Christ, we become a part of something so 
big and so vast it transcends this entire world. Amen. As we be really become a part of what God is doing and, you know, his big plan and scheme. But if we're not careful, amen, we, we miss it because we focus on only portions. Amen. It's like having a, a picture of a rim, I mean, a puzzle of a Rembrandt and you're excited about one piece. Amen. And that's good to have one piece, but think of the value when you put it all together. And the beauty when you put it all together. Amen. Now you can really see what the artist was trying to, to present. And that's 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 what I'm seeing is that it's like, man, I'll tell you what, God's kingdom is large. Amen. And it's something that, that he's doing, amen, and it pertains to you and I, it pertains to God's purpose and focus for this church and this community and this region, amen, and even positioning in the kingdom at large, amen, God's kingdom is a vast kingdom, amen, and as we see it for what it is, amen, it, it gets more and more exciting, so, you know, because we haven't seen it this way, and I'm talking about the church in general, we haven't seen it this way. The church has failed to function in its full power and potential, you know, up until, you know, here and now. Because we, we have failed to really see what God is doing and, and how God wants to move through his people. I mean, we, we've seen some spurts of God's power, amen, over the, you know, generations. But can you imagine, I mean, even as I was talking on Friday, I mean, on Wednesday, and we were talking and going through the book of Acts and I studied and I said, just imagine if God was doing the things that he, now that he was doing then, when it came to dealing with people in their sin. Let's think about it. Amen. We, we, we touched on Ananias and Sapphira because they lied to the Holy Ghost. They fell dead that very day. Or buried that very day. You know, we talked about King Herod, how he took God's glory. And God, the angel of the Lord, smote him immediately. And he was eaten with worms from the inside out, basically, and caused him to die. Amen. If God dealt with our sin like that, boy, we, were, we had to admit on Wednesday a lot of us wouldn't be here. That includes me. Amen. A lot of us wouldn't be, wouldn't be here. But now, on the, on the flip side of that, when we stop and think about the power that Jesus walked in, and the miraculous and the miracles and all the things that he did, amen, and then subsequently the things and the, the miracles that his, his apostles did after his ascension, and even when we look further back, even into the Old Testament, and we see the miraculous things that were done through his prophets and, and calling down fire from heaven. And we're serving the same God. And I want us to really begin to connect that we're serving the same God, amen, that operates with that kind of power and authority in the earth realm. The only problem is he's looking for somebody that will let him go. And we've seen we've seen a few you know examples over over time, amen. But I really believe that if the church would just line up, amen, into a place that God desires us to be, man, we would see an outpouring like never before. And and it's possible, amen. We we've been blessed, amen, to see a few people, you know, over the, you know the, the last hundred years or so that. You know, I have demonstrated some of these things. I mean, we've seen people like Smith Wigglesworth, amen, who spoke words, amen, and people were healed on the spot. Amen. I'm not just talking about, you know, from a headache, amen, but, you know, I mean, a man like him who could tap into the power of God because he believed 
with that kind of faith. Amen. We've seen, you know, the move of someone as uneducated as D.L. Moody, and we still have the Moody Institute today educating thousands and thousands of Christians. Mm-hmm. Lester Summerall, amen. Many of us, we've heard of him and his, you know, his ministry. I mean, and Catherine Coleman. We, we've seen some of these, these who have tapped into that kind of power and flow of God. We've seen, you know, we see Benny Hinn, amen, and the healing power of God moving through his ministry and his faith. Amen. We see Oral Roberts. We see the different ones, but, you know, Billy Graham, who was such a great evangelist. You know, and we, we've seen some outpouring, the Azusa Street outpouring in Los Angeles in 1906. Amen. And see, when we see some of these demonstrations of God's power in people, amen, we've seen Toronto, we've seen, you know, the, you know, these things are happening. When we see great men and women of God, as we call them, amen, or great moves or flows of God, what happens is the church begins to flock to those places or flock to those people. You know, and, and we become the ones that are following and seeking out the signs and wonders. Oh, I'm, I'm talking to somebody this morning. But I'm here to tell you that, you know, the Bible says opposite. He said, you know, we should be doing these things with signs and wonders following us. We shouldn't be chasing them. They should be chasing us. But because we, we've disconnected somewhere along the way, we don't see that power like we need to see that power. Amen. See, it should, it should be the unsaved and the ungodly people that are flocking to these events. Amen. But we should be the ones that are doing them every day. Amen. I mean, they should be drawn to the church because of the power and the anointing. Amen. And the amazement that's happening in every every God ordained and called church. Amen. That they should be coming, and we shouldn't be doing. We should be the ones that are all about. Wow, that's, that's how my God rolls. What's the problem? You know, but we we should be, you know, at ease seeing these things happen. And not amazed and not hoping and wondering if they'll happen. But so so we're we're looking for a connect, amen. And because the church has become so fragmented and disjointed and divided, amen, God can't move. We've taken these things, amen, and we've made denominations out of them. We've seen the demonstrations of God or you know, we, we've seen things that the discovery, I mean, they're like, well, we discovered the Holy Ghost at Azusa, so let's make it a nomination. So here we, we have the, the charismatic and the Pentecostal movement comes out of that. It becomes a whole denomination. You know, you got so many denominations because someone had a discovery. So they break off and they start a whole new denomination. And the church gets more and more fragmented. And because it's more and more fragmented, it becomes more and more impotent. It doesn't have the power. It doesn't have the strength. And then we begin to disqualify one another because you don't have the revelation that I have. And you don't have the move of God that I have. And my understanding is different than your understanding. And all the while, the church is dying. And the world is looking and wondering, what's the problem? What's going on? Amen. But I believe... The time is now that God is already making a shift and beginning to turn these things around. And he's still looking for a few people, amen, that are, are willing to lay all that other stuff aside and say, Lord, use me. And I'm willing to embrace whatever you say, whoever you say, however you say. There's no more, no more division. The scripture lets us know there's one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. 
Amen. But, but we, we, we've become so divided. Let's look at, at, at Corinthians, the first chapter of Corinthians. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 1. Beginning at verse number 10. It says, Now I beseech you, brother, by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you. We, we can't say that about the church world today. He said, but there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. For it hath been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the house of glory, that there are contentions among you. See, Paul came to deal with the division. He's trying to stamp it out. Stop it now. But as we know, it's just gotten worse and worse and worse. Now this I say, that every one of you saith, I am of Paul, and I am of Apollos, and I am of Cephas, and I am of Christ. Is Christ divided? Did Paul, was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? You know, so he, he was dealing with this very problem in the early church. And rather than us getting it, church leaders getting it, we continue to allow ourselves to be divided more and more. And, you know, it, it's, it's funny because it's the same tactic. You know, we got so many factions in the church. We war against each other. We say, this one ain't saved. That one ain't saved. If you don't do this, you don't have that, you're not saved. You dress like this, you don't dress like this. If you got facial hair, you don't have facial hair. I mean, we just go on and on with our idiosyncrasies. While the church is being powerless. And I think about it because I, I see, I mean, he said, I'm a Paul, I'm a Stephen, I'm a this one, I'm that one. That's like us and I'm Baptist, I'm Methodist, on, I'm Episcopal, man. I'm Pentecostal. You know, I'm Word of Faith. Well, we're, we're full gospel. You know, I mean, and, and, and we, we, we separate ourselves and we take all these things. Now, imagine this now, if we took all that and put it together. All the... The discoveries, all the revelations, all the truths that, that we built, separate denominations and doctrines. And, and when we took time to really put it all together, we might get a snapshot of the real church. Huh? Because the real church believes in baptism, amen, and we believe in Pentecost, and we believe, you know, in prosperity, and we believe, you know, in the full gospel and the word of faith, and we, we believe in all those, but if we put it all together, we might get a picture of God's church. But as long as we hang out half on one piece, you know, it's like, it ain't going to cut it. You know what I mean? And, and so, so we got to begin to change our view of things. And even, you know, it's even got to the point nowadays, I mean, we, we, we're a non-denomination. That becomes a denomination of its own. Uh, denomination, non-denomination. Okay, that's on the list of denominations. Now. You know, so... so but why don't we just say, I'm of Christ. I'm a Christian. Amen. Amen. And we lay aside all the other issues that, that we as men over the years have brought in that has divided the church. And just let God be God. Be led by the Holy Spirit. And say, Lord, you have your way. 
But when I look back and I, I, I begin to see, as I said earlier, the, the same tactic. You remember in the sixth chapter of Genesis, amen, when the people came together with the wrong motives? And they said, let's build a tower unto heaven. And, you know, they want to exalt themselves above the heavens. And, you know, so, so what the Lord said, y'all, y'all, if, if y'all work together, nothing can be withheld from them. I mean, just think about it. When you get together with people, I mean, when, even with the wrong motives, see, their, their motive was wrong. It was about exalting themselves. Not giving God the glory. So as they begin to come together, the Lord looked down and said, let's go to, let's go down and, and, and let's confound their language, he said. He said, in other words, he came down to, to divide and to stop them from moving forward because he knew if there's division, there's no progress. Yeah. If there's division, it's going to fall apart. And that's exactly what happened when he confounded their language. They weren't talking the same language no more, so they began to scatter. So, you know, I'm thinking about this, and I'm saying, wow, so that's all that the adversary had to do was come along and, and, and get church leaders to speak different languages and, and come in and, and bring division amongst the body of Christ. And guess what has happened to the body now? It is scattered. And it be, it's become ineffective, and now we can't build God's kingdom in the earth, amen, because our motives are to worship him, Amen. But because we don't speak the same language anymore, we disqualify this one and that one. We can't come together. We can't reconcile our differences. Amen. The Bible says, come, let us reason together. But unless you're reasoning like I'm reasoning, we ain't reasoning. Uh, so, so, so we, we got to, you know, begin to lay down pride and ego, amen, and, and, and man's doctrine and get back to the Bible. Get back to to what the Lord has said, and this is to become our, our issue because everybody wants to be right, well, regardless of what the Bible says. Well, I know it talks about baptism. I know it talks about the Holy Spirit. We want to hear that today, and, and we begin to disqualify because I want to stand on my scripture. I begin to disqualify many other scriptures in the Bible. I want to stand on my doctrine, so don't bring me that. That was not. That's not for us today. But we're still serving the same God yes. who has the same plan. Amen. So so we have been born for such a time as this. Thank you, Lord. You're know, getting excited about Thank that. you, Lord. Amen. Because God has given us insights and opportunity, amen, to be a part of changing things back. That means even, you know, some of our church history. Oh, I'll see. You know some of the stuff that you were in before you Come on now. got the living thing? Man. Some of the stuff I was, see, I had to lay down, see, because I, I, I grew up in the Pentecostal church, Man. apostolic church, Man. you know, and, and we didn't believe in, in, in women wearing pants. Man. No, we didn't believe in that. No, no, no. You're going to hell. Man. You ain't saved. Huh? Wearing makeup. Amen. You're a Jezebel. A little heartache, running around here with all that. Jewelry on. Gonna pull them earrings off. Wipe that lipstick off your face. Huh? That's where, that's where we were. Okay, that's where I, I was raised up in that. Don't cut your hair. Cut your hair. I mean, okay, I may split ends you got. Dye your hair? What, 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 what you trying to be? 
Huh? I mean, uh, and, and it goes and it goes on and on. And and I, I'm not being facetious. I'm just being honest. That's where we were. And, and so many denominations and so many places have their own little stuff that they've injected in the word. Yeah, we were going to Jeremiah and say, see, a woman can't learn no, nothing pertaining to a man. Cancel were made for a man. A man. Failed to realize that when the scripture was written, hands had even been advanced. Figure that whole figure. When that scripture was written, men were you wearing, we were calling dress. You're too bad. And in the same scripture it goes on to say, not the next verse, the same verse, it goes on to say that a man shouldn't wear anything pertaining to a woman. But we didn't figure that one out. I'm just saying how we can take things and we can twist them and we can make a doctrine and miss so much. And you want to look very far. Because we get caught up in our own self. And what we want, we look for something to justify our position. Rather than going with what the scripture says, the Bible said what it meant, and it meant what it said, and we just need to line up with that. You know, even even the Lord even told Peter, "Why kick against the pricks?" Uh -huh. uh -huh. You know, we got to surrender ourselves. And say, yes, if this is what your word says, Lord. This is how we're going to do it. This is where we're going to walk. This is how we're going to, you know, line up. So, so we we got to get back to a place that we understand God's plan. We've been talking about it for a while. You know, His plan for the earth, His plan for His kingdom and His people. Amen. And, and become a part of participating with bringing that to pass, as much as we are. Able with the help and the leading of the Holy Spirit. I mean, that means getting even ourselves out of the way and say, Lord, help me right now, you know, so that I can be where you want me to be. God is yet trying to bring recovery to his kingdom. Amen. Amen. So that's what we've kind of talked about this morning, amen, is from discovery to recovery. We've discovered a lot of things over the years. We just ain't put it together yet. Amen. And not until we put it together is the church going to recover? Right. You know, we're hanging out on discovery, and, <laughs> you know, but no, God wants to bring a recovery. All the way from the fall in the garden until now, the church has not recovered to where God wants it to be. And it's going to take getting back in order and alignment with God. It's going to come take going back to God's plan and His government for the earth, for His kingdom, for the church, Amen. In order for that recovery to really take place. Right. You know, it, it's, it's fine to have discoveries along the way. I mean, it, if, if you get hit by a car, you fall out, amen, they, they want, first of all, they want to discover what's wrong. But just because I discover you have an ambulism, don't, doesn't mean you're recovered yet. You know, I can, I can celebrate, oh, I found a problem, you know, but we got to work toward recovery. And we, we found a lot of good things and a lot of bad things across the years, but the church has still not made the, the recovery yet because there's still too much, and I will say it, too much flesh involved. Amen. Rather than being led by his spirit. Amen. Too much I and me, and, you know, and, and we get caught up in our own selves and our own sin and our own desires and wants, and, 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 and the Holy Spirit just don't got no room to move. The Holy Ghost can't have his way. Amen. Because we've had so many bad examples set before us. And not all the examples were intentionally bad, just going based on what they understood or what they knew at the time. Amen. Because the scripture says, no, I knew in part. Amen. But see, God wants to bring more than part to us. 
by his spirit, he said, you know, you know, eye hath not seen, nor ears heard. These are entering into the heart of man, the things that God has prepared for them that love him are called according to his purposes. Amen. But yet the next verse tells us, amen, that but he has revealed them unto us by his spirit. See, if we stop at that verse, then we will never know. But if we get into the next verse, the revelation of the Spirit, now we can see everything God has for His plan, amen. So that's why it's important that we get to a place to follow the Spirit of God, to yield to the Spirit of God. And that oftentimes means telling our flesh to shut up, to get out the way. Our ego, our pride, amen, laying down our denominational and ethnic differences and all those things and say, you know what, God, what is your will what is your plan for the church? Yes, yes. Amen. See, in order for us to do what God has for us to do, I have to spend time in going back and, 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 and stripping away some things, amen, so that we can build a right understanding. Amen. So there's going to be some teaching that has to come forth for a season so that as we move forward, we move forward with practical understanding of what God's purpose and intent really was. And still is for his church. So that we can begin, even when, when you're you're dealing with your own self and your own issues, amen, the knowledge of the bigger picture can help weigh a lot of that stuff to rest. And it helps us to understand why is the enemy attacking me like he's attacking me, amen. And the reason he's attacking you like he's attacking you from that alternate realm that follows us around is because he doesn't want us to get to a place to be usable by God. He wants to keep you crippled. He wants to cripple me. Amen. So I can't be available in the capacity that he's given me or you to function. So if he can derail you, amen, he is in effect still derailing the church because you are the church. So it's not just a corporate attack, amen, but it's an individual attack which affects us corporately. Amen. As we strive to go forward and do the things that God is calling us to do. So we find ourselves in settings and situations and circumstances, amen, and the first thing that wants to rise up is our flesh. Because it's been given so much free will and free course, amen. That's why I I appreciate the song that Minister Giles was singing this morning, amen, as she was going forth, amen, there's freedom in the house, amen. But let me tell you this, we can't get so free that we don't listen to God. That's right, that's right. You're free to do whatever you want to do. Okay? You are. If you want to get a phone call right now, you're free to do it. If you want to come up here and just slap me upside my head, you're free to do it. But everything you're free to do, you don't have the right to do. Hallelujah. See, when we do things that we don't have the right to do, but we have the power and the freedom to do it in our mind and our culture, amen, everything has its consequences. So if you choose to come up here and slap me upside my head, there are consequences to your freedom. Amen? Don't be shocked. Don't be shocked by the consequences. Amen. See, so it's the same thing with our Lord. Amen. He's not going to make us do anything. Amen. But there will be consequences. Just tell the person next to you, there will be consequences for the things you don't have the right to do. Now, let's, let's, let's determine what it is we have the right to do because the world tells you you got the right to do a lot of things. 
Come on now. So I gotta get back tomorrow. Yeah, if the world's telling you, you got a right to do a lot of things. But I'm talking to God's people. Yes, sir. Uh, and God determines what we have the right to or not do. So that's why it's imperative that we know the Word of God because the Word of God lets us know what I have the right to do and what I don't have the right to do. I don't have the right to violate God's Word. I don't have a right to violate His principles. Because when I do, I've overstepped my bounds. And there will be consequences. All right? So, I just had to deal with that for a moment. Although sometimes we get... We get we get a little too free. You know, kids start calling their parents by the first name. Oh, you just get too proud. Next they want to cuss the parent out. Oh, you done, you done lost your mind. <laughs> you know, we, we, we get a little too free. I mean, there, there are boundaries, amen, as we, we grow and get to the place that God wants us to grow. So in order to function like God wants us to function as a body, as the church, to really be kingdom people in the earth. And I'm, I'm going to get our signs done. I'll get them on my mind. I've been a little busy. But to really be kingdom people, you know, living God's will in the earth, we got to first figure out what that will is. And then we got to choose a man to follow it, to get back to God's original plan, which is spelled out in his scripture. I mean, his plan hasn't changed. It's just the ones he wanted to use. The change. But we can get back there, man. So he's still sending us these revelations. Now, if we begin to piece it all together, we'll begin to see the plan of God, the purpose of God, and we'll begin to see the recovery begin to take place in the church. And I, I believe that we can, we can all have already begun to see some recovery take place right here in Living Day. Right. Amen? Amen? Are we fully recovered? Oh, no. Oh, I'm sorry to tell you, sad to say we're not fully recovered. But we got a pulse. Yeah. Huh? And thank God for the pulse. Amen. amen. That means there's still life. Amen. And now we just got to get the right stuff in. Amen. The right nutrients, the right word, the right understanding. Amen. The strengthening, the build. Amen. And we got to get rid of some of the toxic stuff. Amen. That caused us to be so weakened in the first place. Yeah. So this is what he's calling us to. And we're built into this. But let's take a look at what the scripture says, amen, and see how it reflects the condition of the world today. In 2 Timothy, the third chapter, it kind of describes where we are now. Hmm. 2 Timothy 3, starting at verse number 1, said, Now this also, no, this know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, fellow children, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection. Am I talking to anybody here? Kind of sounds like our society already, huh? Huh? I mean, this this was spoken way back then, but now we're seeing it just like, you know, as they went to the mission and as Linda said, you know, they begin to look around and they can see see the corruption. They can see the, the hurt and the pain. And now we can see these things that were determined. He said, these times will come. Yeah. Hell, Amen. they're here. Yeah. Yeah. We're living in these times yeah. now. Yeah. Amen. All around us. Amen. Without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers, 
incontinent. Now, what's that? What do you mean? We ain't talking about, you know, leaving no dependence. That's not what he's talking about. Yeah, that's, that's talking about without self-control. Amen. No power to control the flesh. No power to control the thought and the mind. Amen. Powerless. Amen. And see, so we're looking at, wow, people have lost control of themselves. Fierce. Dispersers, I mean, despises, excuse me, of those that are good. Hello. They don't like Christians. Huh? And the Bible told us that we would be despised and rejected of men, just like Christ was. He was despised, and he said, if they rejected him, if they killed him, what do you think they're going to do to you? So we, we see these things all around us. Amen. So we, we shouldn't be shocked. Amen. But begin to wonder, okay, what do we need to do? Traitors, uh-oh, petty, high-minded, high-minded, all in the church, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God. I ain't got time for that. I, I'm going to do what I want, do what I want, do what I, 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 I want. Hello. So if I love God, I'm going to do what he wants. I'm going to do what he wants. I'm going to do what he wants. But I love my pleasure. By leisure, my time, I'm going to do what I want. Hello. Don't shock me down. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. And he says, from such, turn away. Say, who you hanging with? When you see these things, when you experience these things, he said, from such, turn away. For of this sort of they which creep into houses and lead silly women, captive silly women, laden with sin, led away by divers or many kinds of lust. Ever learning. And never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Wow. Think about that. Ever learning, but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Amen. And until we allow the Holy Spirit to lead us, we can search, and we can look, and we can read, and we can study, and we can build our own understanding and our own doctrines. But until we are led by the Spirit of God, and I'm talking about the church, we'll never come to the knowledge of the truth. So nobody know like God knows. Amen. And if, if we're closed off to His Spirit, then all we're operating is flesh and head knowledge. Come on now. You know, head knowledge will get you down the road a little ways, but it's going to get you too far when it comes to God. So we got to get to that place to say, okay, God, I surrender. Let's be, hold, hold your place there and, and go with me. Hallelujah, Lord. The first Timothy. First Timothy, the second chapter. See, see, God wants us to have truth. He wants us to, to walk in truth. First Timothy 2, not that verse number 1, he said, I exhort you therefore that first of all supplication and prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all men. So pray for everybody. Huh? The king, for kings, and for all that are in authority. That we may lead a quiet and peaceable life 
in all godliness and honesty. He said, you got to pray for those that are in charge. Pray for those that are leading, leading your country. Pray for them so that, and if you pray for them and, 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 they, and they heed, we can live a better life. But the gentle reason goes on to say, for it is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men be saved and look and come unto the knowledge of the truth. It's his will that we come to a place of truth, but it's going to take prayer and supplication. It's going to take yielding and, and, and tuning our ear unto God's spirit. What is he saying? Amen. How he wants us to live, how he wants to lead us. We've got to get to that place. Amen. And then we look at 2 Timothy along that same line, the second chapter again. Verse 23 to 25, it says this. This might be a challenge for some of God's people. They put foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing that they do gender strife. Some of us like a good debate, don't But he said, avoid that question, that, that foolishness. It ain't going nowhere. He said, don't, don't cast your pearls before the swine. Huh? He said, you know, they gender strife. And the servant of the Lord must not strive. Give a look at that. Why are we striving with this and with that? Getting into these, these discussions and debates and all that that, that are fruitless. Amen. Amen. He said that the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness, instructing those. Now, I like 20, the, first, the 25th verse because it, it says something powerful. It says, in meekness instructing those who oppose themselves. You're your own problem. Because you don't want to hear truth. So as you oppose truth, you're opposing yourself. If you don't want to yield to the Spirit of God, you're opposing yourself. I know there was times past that I was my own opposition. Thank God those days are gone. How about you? Amen. Amen. If God be eventual, will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. He said, pray for them, help them. Amen. So they'll stop opposing themselves and they'll change, they'll turn. That's what repentance means. And God will allow them to see the truth. It's His will that we walk in truth. And what, the truth, what truth do we need? The truth of God's plan. The truth of God's will in the earth. Above everything else that we're dealing with. So, as we go back, amen, to 2 Timothy 3, we're looking at that, amen, in the 8th verse. We'll pick it up there. See, now, Jannies and Jambres, now, as Jannies and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds. See, what are you talking about? Jannies and Jamboree's withstood Moses. Moses came to deliver the people. And, and what happened? Pharaoh calls his sorcerers. When, when Moses and Aaron went in, amen, and there's time for the plagues, and, and they're going to say, okay, we're not going to recognize the power of God. We're not going to acknowledge the power of God. So when, when Aaron went in and Aaron threw down his rod, and it turned into a serpent. Then here come these two gentlemen 
you know, Pharaoh's sorcerers, his enchanters. And they throw down their rods, and Aaron's rod ate up all the other snakes. Mm -hmm. Ate them all up. Then they're like, whoa, okay. Then in the next chapter, I mean, they, they said, no, we're not going to see. But see, the power of God will prevail. Yeah, it, it will rise above all these other things, amen. So we begin to see that now nah, they wasn't done yet. They, that wasn't proof enough for them. See, sometimes when you try to get people truth, they're going to oppose it. Yeah. Oh, we got the same thing over on this yeah. side. Uh, well, we can do that. We got, let's see, just keep living. Amen. Keep watching. And you'll see which one prevails. So we get into the next chapter, amen, and they come back, amen, and, and it's time now that, that Moses is about to release the lights upon the people. And here they come, Pharaoh's sorcerers come again, but they couldn't duplicate the lights. So you know what they told Pharaoh? We can't do that. That's the finger of God. And the lights was upon all of them. But Pharaoh wasn't done yet. See, there's some Pharaohs, amen, that just ain't going to give up no matter how powerful God is. So then we get to the ninth chapter, the 11th verse, and here it is Moses is taking the, the, the ashes off the fire and throwing it up in the sky, and, and the boils are now coming upon all the Egyptians, all the animals and everything else. The sorcerers didn't even show up that time. They couldn't even come and stand before Moses because they were full of boils themselves. See, the power of God will prevail. Amen. It will put everything else to shame. Amen. When we get in alignment with his will and his ways, everything else will be the same. Everything that's been trying to oppose you, amen, trying to stop you, trying to keep you from being everything, that God just keeps standing, just keep believing. And watch God prevail over that thing, over your financial situations, over your health situations, over your relational situations. If you just keep standing on the word of God, Watching him, no matter what it looks like on the other side, no matter how, what kind of imitations the world tries to come up with, truth will prevail. It will rise up, no matter what is upholding you. So they tried to stop Moses, but it didn't stop the gospel. And then we look at this, this next one. It says, "The men of corrupt mind reprobate." Oh my goodness! Concerning the things, wow. You ever dealt with a reprobate? I suppose, goodness. <laughs> Maybe I should ask the other question. Have you ever been reprobate? Oh, my goodness. But keep, you, keep your finger there. We're going to finish that ninth verse. But keep your finger there and go to second Timothy, to Titus with me. Hallelujah, Lord. Titus 1, verse 15 says this. Mm. We're going to read 15 and 16. It says, Unto the pure all things are pure. But unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure. But even their mind and conscience is defiled. That's powerful. I don't know if y'all get it, but that's powerful. They, they profess that they know God. But in works, they deny him, being abominable and disobedient, and unto every good work, reprobate. Wow. Let me explain this verse to you. Thank you, God. Because we talk about, we read, I don't want to just read over reprobate, but sometimes we're operating in a reprobate state and we don't realize. Huh? 
See, now, one thing about reprobate, you can make it back. But you got to come to yourself. you got to acknowledge God and acknowledge his truths and acknowledge his ways and choose to walk in his ways. And I'm hoping I'm going to help somebody today. Because it says, again, to the pure, all things are pure. If i got a pure heart, a pure mind toward God, and I'm striving to live a pure life, All things appear. Take me back to Psalms. A man who swears through his own hurt and changes not. It might be hard. It might be difficult. It might cost me something financially, emotionally, physically. But I'm going to do what's right. I'm going to live a pure life before God. And therefore, everything else is pure. My prayer is pure. My worship is pure. Everything that I do is pure. My love is pure. But when I choose not to, look what it says. But unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure. We're still talking about. We're still talking about getting back to God's original plan for you and me, for the Christian, for the king. So when I choose to step out of line with God and his word, when I choose to step into that thing that's unpure, when I choose to become unbelieving to his word that says, touch not. When I choose to become unpure, nothing is pure anymore. When I make a choice and a decision to step into sin, nothing is my worship is no longer pure. My praise is no longer pure. My love is no longer pure. Nothing is pure because I've made a choice to step into the mess. I've made a choice. So now I'm, I'm, I'm operating in a reprobate state, void of judgment, because when I choose to step over here, I'm saying, I got the right to do it. I don't care what you say, God. You don't have a right to judge me. Come on now. Not man. We're literally saying this to God. God, that's it. That's it. Oh, it's quiet now. Yeah. See, because when we know his word and we choose to step outside of his word, we're saying, I can do whatever I want and you can't hold me to nothing. He's not going to force us to do it. See, that's the kind of living it's going to take to see God's power really move. Is staying in that place with God. But when we choose to step out, it says nothing is pure, but even their mind and conscience is defiled. So when he says, don't, don't, don't gossip, don't backbite, but I choose to, my mind, my conscience becomes defiled. And but yet, look at 16th verse. He said, but they profess that they know God. I know God. I know God. Like you, you can't judge me. I'm not judging you. I'm just telling the word says. You know what the word says. I know what the word says. And I have no heaven and hell for nobody else. Amen. But he's saying this. They say we know God. But in works, to get the knowledge of God. But in works, he said, they what? Deny him. Deny him. See, by your actions, you're denying God. By our actions, young people, we deny God. Amen. When, when we stand up here and we sing so beautifully, and then we get to the high school or the middle school, and we're cussing and we're doing everything else that, that we know God is not pleased with, we're denying God. Help us, Jesus. 
I'll try to help somebody this morning on that. Because we, we, we got to get to a place, you know what, I'm not going to deny him, not just by my word. I'm not just going to give him lip service. He said, with their lips they praise me, they worship me, they magnify me. But their heart is far from me. See, so we got to bring our hearts and give our hearts to God. Amen. say, Lord, you have it all. Huh? Worse, they deny him being abominable, being and disobedient. And unto every good work reference. Wow. Well, when you want to do good, you can't because you've already made a decision. You've already made a decision. So so now you got to make another decisive decision to turn back to God. And this applies to all of us. Regardless of the age, this applies to all of us. You know, I, I could choose to go home and, and, and pass the limb to get on my nerves. And, 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 and if I choose to, I ain't gonna happen. But if I choose to, Amen. you know, Amen. this is out. I'm just gonna curse out. I ain't did it so many so long. I just need to get it out. It ain't even in me. I'm gonna tell you. But see, it's a choice. So it's not just our young people. But it's any one of us, Amen. When we make a choice to step outside of the will of God, we 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 we're, we're flirting with. The reprobate state. And God forbid that he come while you're still come on now. over the fence. Amen. Come on now. God forbid something happened to you while you over the fence. Uh-huh. You know, I'm like, just try to help. So I, 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 I'm just saying, amen, reprobate concerning the faith. If you got enough faith, you'll make a stand. If you got enough faith, you'll say no. If you got enough faith, you'll say, I don't go there. I don't do that. Huh? I'm standing on my faith, amen. God will supply all my needs. God will see me through. God will help me. God will be my strength. I just stand on it. But then the ninth verse, amen, back in the third chapter of Timothy. We wrap up that passage of Scripture. See, but they shall proceed no further. For their folly shall be manifest unto us as theirs also was. And he's referring again back to the sorcerers. Their their folly was, was manifest. They were showing it. They didn't have a power. They, they was off. Amen. Imagine this. No matter what we do, sometimes people don't understand how God functions. Right. Amen. But whatever we do, God will expose it. Yeah, uh, God, God, God will expose it. He'll, 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 he'll shine the light on you like, what? Surrender. Because if we don't, 
God will expose you. But he's not doing it to beat you up. Let's tell somebody God loves you too much to beat you up. But he will squeeze you. You ever grab your kid and squeeze him to get a message? Are playing with you? I said, stop it. You kind of squeeze that hand or squeeze that arm. Sometimes you squeeze that little neck from behind. You ain't trying to kill him, right? You just send a silent message. Come on now. Sometimes God got to send a message to us. Amen. But, you know, all the time, we so grown, we just jerk away. Go on, do what we want to do. Then you got to get a little bit more severe with us. You just might as well surrender to the gentle squeeze. I wish I did. I kind of jerked away a few times. He finally got a hold of me. Uh, see, so we, we got to get to that place. See, this is God's got a plan. Yeah. He's got a purpose, and He loves us so much. Now, I, I look at it like this, because when I read the scripture, oftentimes I, I really got to say, "Thank you, God, yes. that I wasn't born back then." Yeah. Huh? And when I, when I look at our, our history, you know, when I, I sit down and I talk to mom and dad about things that they suffered, you know, in their youth. And even then I said, thank God I wasn't born back then. But we, we have to get, get to a place to realize that God loves you so much that he allowed you to be born at such a time as this. Amen. We still got some struggles and we still got some challenges as a people, as a nation. Amen. And as the church. But let's face it. We're not going to have the persecution. Amen. Have the struggle that the early church went through. And that our forefathers went through in establishing this nation. We, we, you know, we're, we're, we're enjoying the benefit of a lot of those who went before us. But that doesn't mean we don't have challenges. Now we have the challenge of, of trying to rejuvenate a lethargic church. And when you start, you know, talking along some of these lines and you start looking at things apostolically, and then people begin to say, oh, you out your mind. It ain't never going to happen. It can't happen. But you know what? I beg to do. When I step back and I look, and as God is revealing the big picture, you know, we, 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 we like to say this, you know, that he said, you know, that upon this rock I'll build my church. Isn't that what the scripture said? And the very, the very gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That's what we said. But then when we look at the church and we look at how separated and divided the church is, we look at it like it's an impossible task. See, so, so I, I'm of this mind. Now, if he ain't going to let the gates of hell prevail against his church, He's not about to let his church prevail against himself. He'll only let us go so before he begins to bring order and correction and instruction and strength and true revelation. And I believe we're at the precipice of that. Amen. When God wants to begin to bring that order and that restoration and that strength back to his church, the unity back to his church. So we get to that place where it says, is Christ divided? No. So why would the church be divided? 
So, so revelation has got to begin to pour out, amen, and understanding has got to, and somebody's got to be willing to, to challenge all this stuff, amen, in a systematic way so that now the church is rebuilt and reestablished. And oh yes, just like we've read in the scripture, there's going to be some resistance. But you can only resist God for so long. And that's why I really believe that he's looking for a breakthrough believers. He's looking for governing churches with full of breakthrough believers, amen, so that as they begin to see that kind of living and that kind of outpouring of God, amen, regardless of what's on the door, they're going to wonder what's going on and what's happening in that region, what's happening over there and over here, as God is finding these places that he can pour out and he can flow and he can function like he wants to function. Amen. They're going to have to push past denomination. They're going to push past economics. They're going to have to push past race. They're going to push past all this other stuff and say something is happening over there that I need to find out about. And I believe as it begins to happen, first we'll probably begin to see the unsaved and then as it grows, then, then you know, the church folk that are so divided will begin to come together and say, what's going on? What's happening? And I'm just wondering if there's anybody here that's willing to be a part of that. Hallelujah. Be a part of that churn, that, that change, that shifting and believing that, yes, God can use me. Yes, God can use us. But in order for it to happen, we got to be in church. We gotta be lined up. We gotta take a step back from ourselves. We gotta take a step back from living faith, and we gotta see the big picture of what it is God's doing. And thank God that we have an opportunity to be plugged in to what He's doing and how He wants it to happen. So maybe we didn't talk about all your your other stuff today, but I just want to give us a big picture of God's purpose and God's plan. And as we hear that, then we begin to realize, and I've been saying it over and over in different settings, that the more we yield ourselves and give ourselves and focus ourselves to God's work and God's plan and God's will, God's business, He comes by and helps take care of us. Amen. Oh, yes, He does. Oh, he's proven it over and over again in my life and the lives of many, amen. But we got to get to that place, amen, because I'm believing that God wants to bring a recovery to this church. And in fact, I know he wants to bring a recovery. It goes beyond believing. I know he wants to bring a recovery to us. It's like saying, I, I believe fire is hot. No, I know fire is hot. I know I'm not going to stick my hand in no fire on purpose. I don't just believe that. I know that. And that's where I'm at with this. I know that this is what God wants to do. Amen. And I know I want to be a part of it. I want to see it happening. And I, I believe, amen, that it can happen right here in living faith. As we become a part of everything that he's doing. Amen. So, so we got to recognize that there's been a whole lot of cover up going on in the church. Oh, here we go. I'm talking about, again, I'm talking about the church at large. Amen. Because, you know, and, and this is, this is you know, a part of what I've been talking about it, is, is we want to operate in the culture of honor. Amen. And we want to recognize God's grace and his love and his forgiveness. Amen. But grace and love and forgiveness is no good without correction. Because I can give you all the grace in the world, but if there's no correction, if, if we don't correct our actions... We frustrate the grace of God. And, and the scripture lesson, no, we shouldn't frustrate the grace of God. See, so we can overteach grace 
did not bring correction, and with no correction, the people will fall right back into the same place. We've seen it with spiritual leaders. Oftentimes, you know, the board will get together, and we want to we want to keep the leader in good standing with the people, and we want to keep them looking good, and we want to keep this member in good standing before the people, so we really won't bring too much correction here, and therefore the problem re remains, and we see the cycle repeat itself over and over again. Because we, we were we, we, we were merciful and we were graceful, but we didn't want to correct the problem. So we end up really just covering up the problem. And any of us know, amen, you keep sweeping the dirt under the rug long enough, someone's going to trip over that lump. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Huh? It's going to happen. Amen. Just going to clean it up, correct the problem, and then we can still walk in grace and honor and love and all those things, but we need to bring some correction. And that means it, 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 it has to come with some repentance, uh -huh. amen, which embodies sorrow, change, amen. and turning, amen, unto oh, God, not unto man. man. Don't, don't repent to me if you're not repenting toward God. I mean, my, 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 my forgiveness ain't going to get you in heaven. Amen. But see, it's going, it's going to take, you know, us going to God. See, because the Bible said, you know, in Psalms, when, he, when David said, my sin is ever before me. And then he, he goes on to say, Psalms 51, he, he says, he says to the Lord, against thee and thee alone have I sinned and done this great evil in thy sight. But his action wasn't against God, it was against Uriah. Huh? It's, it's, it's the thing that he did, amen, was against another man and his wife. But he said, the sin I did was against you, God, and you alone. So we recognize that I might wrong you, but I'm sinning against God. And I might forgive you for the wrong done to me, but you still got other, another issue that needs to be cleaned up. And that's our relationship with God. And repentance to Him. See, and, and, and you know, the Bible tells me also, it says that, you know, a broken and a contrite spirit, He would in no wise despise. He won't reject you. But if we come not as a true worshiper, to reflect back to last week, He knows that too. He'll, he'll, he's not going to accept you know what I, I, I love about God <laughs> and this might sound strange is that he don't have to accept anything come on pastor now sometimes we, we accept it because I don't know your heart I, you're not, not like God and I accept your repentance okay I love you brother but God don't have to accept anything and he's not going to accept just anything We've seen that all the way back in the book of Genesis. So when we go to God, we got to make sure that we go before Him with a pure heart, with an earnest heart. And when we do that, He will not reject you. That's what I love about God. Because, you know, we, we can go falsely and still be jacked up, still be in trouble. I don't want to leave God's presence in trouble. Amen. Amen. Huh? Amen. I don't want to, you know, I, I, I am not about, now maybe some, someone else in here, I'm not looking at nobody, but someone else in here, you know, they might want to go and try to stick a pacifier in God's mouth. Oh, <laughs> but no, I'm going to give him true repentance if I messed up. Which means I'm really going to turn. I'm really going to change. And he's really going to help me. Because he knows the heart is pure before him. That was the freedom. 
So we gotta we gotta come. There needs to be some remorse. There needs to be some and, and not be, you know, don't 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 be remorseful and sorry because you got caught. That's not repentance. You know, we, we gotta be ready to do it. I think Pastor touched on this last week. Not not because we got caught, but because we did it. So if, so if God exposes something, you know, he's exposing it for your good. Not to embarrass you. Not to beat you up. But he's exposing for our good. I thank God there's things in my life that he had to expose that were very painful. More than one. But he did it for my good. So I could change. So I could repent. So I could get right. Huh? Just imagine he loved me, said he loved me, but he just let me just keep on down that road. That ain't no kind of love. Hello. Oh, my goodness. We don't want to just be in right standing with people. Amen. We want to be right standing with God so that he can use us to the full, so he can use us like he wants to use us. Amen. So we can be the people that he wants us to be. So we're not running around here with contaminated hearts. That's right. Because we didn't change. That's right. Amen. We don't want contaminated leaders because there was no accountability. Uh, but we want them to still look good. So we don't want to, we don't want to, you know, make no waves. So, but uh, no, we got to get back to God's original plan. Amen. And right now, I think I'm gonna close. Stop right there. We'll deal with more of the original plan. Amen. On next week. Because God wants to take us somewhere. Amen. In order for us to get there, first we got to check our hearts. We got to check our commitment to Him. Amen. We got to step back, like I said, and really take time and see the big picture. You know, I, I challenge us this week. Don't just think about your struggles, where you are, or your problem. I didn't say don't think about them at all. I said don't just think about them. Just give them to God for a minute. And, and, and just step back and, and begin to really see what he's trying to do. Look into the bigger challenges that the church is facing. We talk about the church in general. Think about the things that God is trying to do in the earth. And think about And I love the fact that they went to the thing. And I'm looking forward to more you know, outreaches and missions, amen, and even as Pastor Miller was talking about it, we have some contact down in Seattle, amen, about, you know, doing more larger mission trips beyond here, amen, that we've had invitations to, let's get things lined up, you know, so, and when we get to be, I'm serious, when you start thinking bigger than yourself, you realize how good you got it. But if you just look in your little belly wick, you think you're going through So this week, just try to think bigger than you. Bigger than what you're going to have for, for breakfast. Think bigger. Think. Oh, that's, that's what it is right there. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Think kingdom. Okay? And as part of the kingdom, what is it going to take to establish his kingdom in the earth? And how you and I can be a part of establishing God's kingdom in the earth. Think about those things a little bit.
And as we do, I believe God will open our eyes and help us to see a whole lot more than what we see now. Because I believe those that, that went to that trip, I remember the first time I went, you know, and fed the homeless. It was a life-changing experience. You know, because we can be so wrapped up in our own little world, in our own little chair, you know, and it's not until we get a broader view. Sometimes we feel like, I ain't got time for that. You need to make time for that. You need to make time to, to, to sign up and, and, and go on a, one of the prison visits with Pastor Fred, the prison ministry. Amen? You need to make time to go and help somebody who is less fortunate than you. You know, and then it helps you to see, and it helps you to appreciate, you know, what God has done for you. Amen. And, you know, it's hard to complain when you realize you got so much more than somebody who has nothing at all. But when we just focus on ourselves, we become big old crybabies. Can I just be real? I mean, we whining and complaining over something, somebody will rejoice now. Because we think we deserve more. And that's just true. So let's stand. Hallelujah. We're going to give the rest to God today. Thank you all. Hallelujah. Thank you right now. Let me hear it bow.
but give us the understanding that we may walk in the liberty, God, to, to establish your kingdom, to be used by you, God, to be free, to be used by you, to be available to your kingdom, to be available, Lord, to your use. We cast out everything that's not like you. Lord, we ask you to bring every thought, every thought under the captivity of Christ. Those areas, Lord, those areas where we've stepped out of your will, God, help us, Lord, to come out of that reprobate place. That we no longer walk, Lord, with a reprobate mind, void of your judgment, God. But that we are rescued from the fall. We are rescued from ourselves. We are rescued from our own thinking. And God, we can be the people that you want us to be. That Lord, we'll hear your voice and we'll be led by your spirit. It will say yes to your will in every circumstance, in every situation. Father, we surrender right now. We help us to be free from this world and available to your kingdom. Free from the cares of this life, casting all our cares on you. Lord, that you can have your way in us. And you can be glorified. Hallelujah. And everything that we do, everything that we say, everywhere we go, every action, Every decision will be a kingdom decision, a kingdom action. We lift you up right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we surrender ourselves. Come on, lift up your hands. If you're with me this morning, if you're with this word, lift up your hands and act of surrender. God, I surrender my will. I surrender my ways to you, God. Father, forgive me where I've fallen short. Father, forgive me where I've stepped into sin, in disobedience, God. Forgive me right now. It helps me, Father. Right now, Lord, to be the people that you want us to be, the church, God, that you're calling for us to be. God, that you can be magnified and you can be lifted up. God, we cast all our cares on you right now. In the name of you, you speak to my needs. You see to it, God, as I trust you, as I obey you, as I follow you. Lord, I believe, God, that you will keep your word. So we thank you right now. We thank you right now, Lord. Let us not be scared. 